You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We find ourselves today a generation without love and without patience. A generation that gets so easily offended that fill their hearts with bitterness and they don't know how to forgive. I mean, we have a faithless generation because love is the key ingredient of faith. Faith works through love. Somebody upsets you, you make a comment on Facebook. And you leave it there. And even if you forgive, you don't forget because every time you go into Facebook, you see this person and you see what they did. Somebody upsets you, you put something on WhatsApp or Twitter or whatever. Or you stream it. And it's not just you that's offended, but you offend everybody that sees your Facebook, that sees your live stream. And you wonder why your life is up and down, up and down. The thing that God values most is relationship. Jesus Christ came to this earth to restore relationship. But people today, they don't even know how to be a friend. Somebody upsets you, I'll unfriend you. Block you. And we sit with a generation that has no patience, that has no love. And they continue to plant these kinds of seeds. And they wonder why things are not changing in their lives. When it comes to relationships, if you believe that the origin of relationship is God, you'll value relationships much more. If you believe that everything that God has made is linked to each other, your response will be much different. Relationship is important to God. God takes time in deciding who will be in your life and not in your life. If you believe that God the Father took time to choose the father and mother of Jesus, Joseph and Mary, and that he's no respecter of person, then he did the same for you and for me. My father is here. My mother is here. This is the best father and best mother that Jesus could choose for me to be the person that I'm today. That doesn't mean my mom and dad didn't give me hidings. If you don't know your father and your mother, you still have God the Father as a father. Amen? Amen? Amen. But relationship is so important for God that He sent Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, to you and me. This relationship is birthed out of love. If there's no love, there can be no relationship. And if there's no relationship, there's no love. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. If you were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I did not express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. It's as though you can speak the language of angels. And you know all other languages, but you do not express it with love. You've become a clinging symbol. That's what it sounds like. It's as though you can speak in a heavenly language. But there's no love. What does it sound like? No, some people make a more noise than that. That's it. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. Do you know what he is saying? He's saying, I have the gift of prophecy. I know tomorrow. I know what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. And I can adjust my life to avoid all those things. And even if those things come, I have faith to move that mountain. So in other words, if you look at me, you think, wow, look at this person. I pitch up here this morning and I give a word to every person. Pray and move mountains. It says, and if you don't have love when you do that, but I've never learned to love, then I'm nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I owned to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, Saying you're the biggest giver in this world. You're helping everybody. And if you have to make a sacrifice, you're prepared to make a sacrifice, even if they want to burn you as a martyr. Think, wow, this is a great person. But I do these things without the pure motive of love. I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind. We live in a generation without patience. We live in a generation without patience. Are you kind to people? Or is your whole mannerism rude? Do you know why you're not kind? No, I don't want to answer that question. I'm not kind, Pastor, because the people around me upset me. It's got nothing to do with me. It's the people around me. <laughs> no, no, no. You're never going to blame other people. God is going to keep you responsible. You know, kindness, you can still fake it. You can still fake kindness. Hello, my sister, how are you? It's so good to see you. You look so nice today. 
but it's not sincere. You can still fake kindness, but you can fool some people some of the time, but you're not going to fool all the people all of the time. Some people will say, his kindness is not real. But you know, the one thing you cannot fake is patience. <laughs> you cannot fake patience. The Bible says, love is largely and incredibly patient. Do you know why you're not patient? Because you do not have love. Because love is patient. And everything that we use today is because we don't have patience. Young people, you walk into, the, into a place and the first thing you say, where's the Wi-Fi? Why is this connection so slow? What's going on here? Everything you use today is because you don't have patience. All the apps that you download is because you don't have patience. Just think about when you want food. Where do you put it? In the microwave. Why is this thing only taking now one minute, one and a half minutes? What's going on? But you forget the days when we had to warm a plate of food. It could take you half an hour. And you were patient. Why is all these traffic jams? Because you don't have patience. What does the Bible say? Through faith and patience, they inherited their promises. It's not that people don't have faith. They don't have patience. When God showed Joseph the dream, there was a lot of things that had to happen in between before he could see the fulfillment of the dream. It refuses to be jealous. It refuses to be envious. You come in here and you sit here and you look and you say, mm, I knew I was supposed to buy that hair. Now she's bought it. I hope they have another one when I get home. Tomorrow, I first, I'm going, she bought the Christmas special before me. I have to get that hair. You sit here and you think, mm, look at this nice attire. I hope I can get some of it tomorrow. I want to make, I'm going to make a dress like, I'm going to even make it better. Because of envy in our hearts. Gentlemen, you're just as guilty. You walk in and you see a nice car. Mm, I'm going to get that one. That's my car. I want one like that. <laughs> Hello? Men have sometimes very expensive hobbies as well. And you envy. You're jealous. Because you're comparing yourself to your neighbor. Whereas God has called you to be unique. Do you know why you are jealous of your neighbor? Because you don't love your neighbor. So when your neighbor is blessed and they've got a nice, you're not happy for them. You're saying, why not me? I should have it. Very quiet now. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't compare yourself, don't compare yourself. To, your to your neighbor. You know, when you're not content... 
is when you become jealous. When you're not happy, then you want what your neighbor's got. Paul said, I've had a lot and I've had little, but I've learned to be content, to be happy. Because it's not about what I have or don't have. If I have God's presence, if I've experienced God's love, I can love God and I can love people and that's the greatest. God has called us to love. It refuses to be jealous. When blessings comes to someone else, love does not brag about one's achievement nor inflate its own importance. Do you know who I am? Love does not do that. Love does not brag. Even when you give, love does not boast in what you give. Because you know what you give comes from God. Then you'll give in a humble way. The woman that gave the perfume, the alabaster flask full of perfume, the Bible says she came from behind to give 300 denarii's worth of perfume. You know how much 300 denarii is? It was one year's wages. Because one denarii was a day's wage. So in other words, she brought a year's salary to give it to Jesus. How did she give it? Weepingly. She came from behind and gave it. Not boastfully saying, look what I'm giving. But today, if somebody had to come and give a year's salary, you know how it will happen? I've come to give God glory for my year's salary. Just want to give God all the glory, but just acknowledge that I'm giving it. Here it is. Love does not boast. If you know every advancement in your life comes from the hand of God, what you give, you'll give differently. You'll know God has given it to you because He loves you. You don't need a reward here on earth. You need a reward in heaven. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. Do you get irritated with people? Bible says love is not quickly irritated. If you get irritated quickly, because you lack love. So, here we have three different cultures. They greet different. They eat different. They like different flavors when they make food. Different. Now we're in the church. She might have some sharp edges that can hurt her. And she might have some things that can irritate her. Same here. If there's no love, the edges can hurt. But if she knows and she knows and she knows that she's a living stone being built in for the kingdom of God, then the mortar in between here 
is love. And it's love. Now they can be built and joined together. Stand there, that's love. And stand there, that's love. When that's like that, now they can be built into. And they're not going to hurt each other. Because here is love between the two of them. But if there's not love, now it hurts. If there's not love, now it hurts. Now she will say, ah, this Zulu again. This Malawian again. These people from Lesotho or Sutu, what? But if there's love, close there, then you're not going to hurt each other. That's the beautiful thing of the body of Christ. Somebody that's maybe your gardener or somebody that's maybe driving you around that would not normally make eye contact even with you or greet you. Just, yes sir, jump in sir. Now suddenly in the church, that person can sit next to you. In the body of Christ, because of the love for the kingdom, now you can find a CEO sweeping floors. Now suddenly you find that the guy that's a driver or a gardener can be a hostess. And say, please sir, can you sit here? Can I help? And you wouldn't know who's sitting in front of you or behind you or next to you. And it doesn't matter. Because the thing that brings us together is our love for God and our love for people. I have many friends that say to me, how is it possible 27 different cultures and you have unity, you have peace, you don't have any cliques. So it's very easy. We focus on two things, loving God, loving people. All the other complicated questions I don't do. Do you know why there can be a relationship now between somebody from Malawi and somebody from Free State? Because of love. There can be no relationship if there's not love. And if there's no love, there's no relationship. When there's a breakdown in relationship, it's because there's a breakdown in love. People all over the world today are gathering together like this in living churches. If it's religion, then it's not relationship. But where there's relationship, something completely different. Now God is involved. If it's religion, then this is his seat and he always must sit here. And if he's not here, he can let his children sit here. But nobody touch his seat. Amen. But if it's relationship, it's first come, first serve. That's why all the chairs look the same. Because anybody can sit on them. Whether you're a president, you sit on a blue chair like this. And whether you're homeless on the streets, you can sit on a chair like that. Amen. And we wash the toilets for everybody. We clean the floors for everybody. Amen. Because it's about relationship. What did Jesus say to Peter? Did he say, where did you study? Did he say, how many times did you read the Bible? Did he ask him, have you fasted 40 days? No. He said, Peter, do you love me? Why? Because Jesus knew out of his love relationship, Peter loving God, out of that love will flow to others. 
So when you have a relationship with God, that relationship will overflow to other people. Then you will understand the purpose of relationship. Then you'll know that everything that God has made is linked to each other. The thumb is linked to the hand, the hand to the arm, the arm to the elbow, the elbow to the shoulder, to the body. I need you like you need me. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love is not quick to take offense. Love is not quick to post something nasty on Facebook. Love is not quick to put on an ugly live stream. If everything is linked to each other, it means God will bring key destiny relationships into your life. If this is a key destiny relationship, I have to protect it. When you know God has given you a wife, or you know God has given you a husband, and you're in God's will, the devil will throw everything at you to separate that. Then when there's troubles and difficulties, you should say to yourself immediately, I know this is from God, I better hold on. But today, we get irritable. We say, this cannot be from God. Just because you go through a little bit of difficulty is not from God. You pray and God gives you a position in a company and now you have one little manager that's on your case. This cannot be from God. I'm going. Let me tell you something. The enemy will throw everything at you. If you're at the job that you know that God has given you, don't leave, don't resign. Just because of one disagreement... One false accusation, one lie, they're lying, I'm leaving, I cannot live with, I'm a Christian, I stand for the truth, I'm going. Joseph, they lied about him, but he kept his course. If you know God has placed you in a church, he said, this is your church, be planted and committed, guess what? The offense is waiting around the corner. To get you out of it. Because if he can get you out of where God has placed you. Turn to the person next to you and say, oh my God. I know there's hope. Because when my hope is in God. My hope will not fail me. So let's go to the book of Ruth. Chapter 1. I want to show you something. Turn to the person next to you and say, stick ability. Tell them, stick it out. Don't give up. Now, you know the story. Naomi moved with her husband and her two sons because of drought. They heard that God was providing. So they went there. Her husband died. Her two sons got married to Moabites. And then the two sons died as well, Orpah and Ruth. You know the story. Then Naomi said, I'm going back to my own land. You two ladies, you stay here. Orpah said, thank you, I'm going. This woman has brought enough bad luck into my life. But Ruth said, no, 
I'm not going to go. Go to verse 16, chapter 1. Listen to me, family. When you fail your God-given assignment, you're not just failing God, you're failing generations to come. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried, and the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. She was saying to her, you know what? I know in my heart I have to follow you, because you are the one that will point me into my good success. You are the one that will point me towards the future, the things where I have to go. So I'm not leaving you. But let me just put it in perspective here. She was a Moabite. You can go read Deuteronomy 23, I think from verse 3. Moabites were not allowed into the temple. Moabites were not allowed to worship with the Jews. And she's saying, she knows it. To say, if I follow you now back to your country, you're not going to allow me to come to church. She was saying to her, even though you won't allow me to go to church with you, your God will be my God. So quickly, just because of a little discomfort, or what somebody said, or somebody vowed or promised, you break a relationship. And you don't realize that you're breaking with your destiny, your future. Because many of you are... Got turmoil on the inside concerning relationships, where I should be. Should I be planted in this church? Should I be married to this person? Should I be with this job? She said, I'm going to follow you. Because I know when I follow you, you'll point me in the right direction. We all need somebody to point us in the right direction. She arrives. There's no money. It's a difficult situation. She has to go pick up grain just to survive. Turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes it's not easy. Tell them, but even when it's not easy, don't be lazy. Go to chapter 2. Just look here, chapter 7. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Turn to the person next to you and say, be a hard worker. Even in tough times, be a hard worker because somebody will notice it. And she was a hard worker. Family, listen to me. There's no food. Her husband has died. Her mother-in-law wants to leave her and say, stay here, it's safer. If you come with me, you cannot worship with us. We Jews, we don't like you Moabites. It's not a favorable situation. She gets noticed. Naomi, verse 22, And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with these young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close. The key is obedience. Let me tell you something that God shared with me from this book. This is where many people sometimes miss it. If you know God has planted you in a church, that is the field where you are picking up hands full. It's where you are picking up hands full. Boaz is a type of Jesus Christ who took notice of Ruth, a type of the church, 
And Naomi is a type of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, a type of Boaz, gave instruction without Ruth even knowing. She was picking up hands full. A blessing had come to her because Boaz had heard about her. How faithful she was, how committed she was, what a hard worker she was. And where she said, I'm going to be with Naomi, doesn't matter what. Your God will be my God. He said, okay, let's take notice. What did Naomi say to her type of the Holy Spirit? Don't let anybody see you in another man's field. And God shared with me from this and said, we can eat word, seed, anywhere. You can watch it on TV, and there can be something there that can minister to you. You can run to many churches, many conferences, and you can get seed there. But where are you picking up your hands full? Because that's the field where you'll be blessed. And that's the field where the devil will try and get you out. That's why Naomi said to her, stay close to the people that's hanging out in that field. And don't be seen in another field. Many of you are confused today because you know where you should be planted, the diet that you should be getting. But you run to every conference and you are mixing seed and you're getting confused. You go to a conference and they tell you, just become a Christian, give a hundred thousand rand and all your problems are over. It's religion if you think you can buy it. With relationship, you don't have to buy it. Jesus gives it to you freely. Do you allow your children to go eat at the neighbor just because they eat biscuits the whole time and bake cakes? No. But, mommy, why aren't you so nice? Because we know what damage that will do in the long run. If you have a revelation that relationship comes from God, then you'll know the people that God has placed around you is an integral part of your success. So young people, your parents in your house are those that have God placed there to train you to be successful one day. So when they tell you to be quiet or to do something, do it with a good heart, without complaining and murmuring. You can choose to be rebellious. You can choose to backchat them. It's your decision. But remember, you are training your heart to be rebellious. You're training your heart to backchat. And because they love you, they might tolerate some of it. But I assure you, in your first job, if you backchat your boss or you pull an attitude with him, it's going to give you a written warning. You're probably going to get fired. You say, oh God, why me? Why this? Because you were rebellious at home. You've trained your heart in that way. You didn't value the relationship that was there to prepare you to be successful in your future. Now it's very quiet. I want to speak my mind. Yes, we see it on Facebook the whole time. Give us a little bit of your spirit. Give us a little bit of heaven. 
if she had looked at the consequences, the difficulties, the challenges that she had gone through, she would have broken there with Naomi. But because of her obedience and seeing it through, today her name is mentioned in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Boaz begot Jesse. Jesse begot David. King David was the apple of God's eye. Do you know why you have to see it through in some difficulties so that you can mature? Sometimes in a difficult situation, Maybe you find yourself in a difficult situation at work with conflict. Don't run away and resign. Get used to that. Mature that you can handle that pressure. Because if you mature there, guess what? There's a promotion waiting. But you face a little, small little challenge and you run away. Small challenges, small promotions, big challenges big promotion can you see the need for seeing something through and not running away you know what let me tell you something everybody has disagreements go to John chapter 20 I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven but if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of their sins they will remain guilty do you know what is hampering and affecting your relationship with people? Past relationships. Because you left a company full of hatred and bitterness. Because they upset you about something small. Or even if it was something big. Now you left with hatred and bitterness. Or you were in a relationship with somebody. You were going to be engaged. Or you were not and you went to, and you broke up. And now you leave that relationship bitter, full of unforgiveness. Guess what happens? You enter into the next relationship full of bitterness and unforgiveness. So it's just a matter of time. And the same thing happens over and over and over again. You can have no meaningful relationship with somebody that's full of bitterness because of hatred. Because when there's bitterness in your heart, you'll be defiling people the whole time. So now you know it. So now you can tell somebody, have you forgiven that person? Yes, I've forgiven them. It's fine. But you've not forgotten. I've, I've forgiven my boss. I've released my boss. I've forgiven my boss. But you've not forgotten. Is that Facebook where you've put it on? Now you forgive them, but you see it there the whole time. You've not forgotten. Love forgets. But when there's not love and that bitterness is there, the Bible says you'll defile the whole time. Your heart will reveal the true you. So you say you're forgiven, but you're still talking about the ugliness the whole time. Family, listen to me. Anything close to Jesus receives attack. Anything. 
So in your relationship, expect attacks. But when you get an attack, say to yourself, if this marriage is under attack, it must be from God. If my business here is under attack, it must be from God. If this friendship here is under attack, it must be from God. Imagine if Ruth disconnected herself from Naomi just because of some incidences. What is your excuse? The big thing is, whatever you've been going through is not to complain. Love does not complain. Love does not murmur. Love does not point the finger. Love says, I know God loves me and there's hope for me in the future. I know God will see me through. Do you know why God is allowing this? Have you ever asked this question, God, why are you allowing this? When you look at that, what you are going through, whatever situation it might be, maybe it's poverty or it's sickness or it's whatever challenge. Why is God allowing it? He's allowing that as an object to bring about purification and maturity in your life. Now you look at that thing completely different. What? You mean I have to grow up? Yes, you have to grow up. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> go, to, go to 1 Corinthians 13 quickly. Let me just show you. Verse 10. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters. For I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured. God is more interested in your eternal glory than in your current comfort. Go to Romans 5. Let me just show you quickly there. Romans 5 verse 3. Are you a believer? If you can answer yes, then what you are going through is simply there to remove impurities. What you are going through is simply there to help you to mature, to grow up. That's why don't run away, get used to the situation. Verse 3. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our precious will develop in us patient endurance. Do you need some patience? God's going to put some things on the path for you to develop patience. And patient endurance will refine our character. For gold to be gold, it must go through fire and remove all the impurities. Have you prayed a prayer and said, Lord, purify me like gold? And the next day you experience fire and you want to rebuke the devil. And God says, no, 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 that's what you asked me. There's just some fire to purify you. Amen. Let me tell you something. One of the things that's purified my character the most is my wife. That relationship. I'm telling you now. Because women just think differently than men. She's not trying to do it. It just challenges me a lot. Have you seen my wife's ability to love? Have you seen her ability to love? Just when I think I, I can love, then she just takes it another notch. So where does this come from? 
And God uses that just to purify me a little bit more. Sometimes God can use your children. Have you ever preached a sermon and then you sit and you discuss something and your children starts preaching your own sermon back at you? That's when you know the Word of God has got purification power. Have you had your kids preach at you? What is your response? If you value that relationship as an integral part, you can humble and listen. Amen? Not when they are arrogant. I'm not talking about that. Don't use the word against your parents to get your own will. Because then your motives are not motivated by love. It's for selfish desires. Be very careful. God is not mocked when it comes to those kind of things. Young people? Yes. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You should ask God to help you to press on and not to give in. God is busy with the process. Sometimes God will place people and things in your life that's for your own good. Let me close. There's so many things. You can read Philippians 2 verse 14. It says, let everything be done without murmuring and complaining. I pray that God will help you in this season of purification that you will not complain and murmur. Because when you view that thing as there to help you and to purify, your response should be, thank you, Jesus. Paul prayed three times and he said, Lord, please remove this thorn in my flesh. That could have been anything. That could have been a sickness. That could be the person. Sometimes the people are referred to as a thorn in the flesh. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, because when I am weak, now I'm strong. Because you'll look at this situation now differently from God's perspective. He was saying, when I'm unhappy and upset, now I can be happy. He was saying, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Family, listen to me. When you are going through a situation, go through it. God will see you through. If God has said, my grace is sufficient, then that's it. God did not disconnect Paul from that situation. So he couldn't disconnect himself. If God has placed you in a church and you know God says you must be planted here, you cannot now disconnect yourself from that church. If God has placed you in a relationship, a friendship, or a marriage, you cannot disconnect yourself because of a little disagreement, a little discomfort. That person that's lying about you now, that's saying harmful things, tomorrow that person can be your Messiah. Even you used to say bad things about people, but now you bless people. It means anybody can change. That is the hope that love gives us. When we love people. Many of you had disagreements with people, fights with people at school. From school days, you are angry with this person because of what they did. And now when you applied for a job, guess who's the person who's doing the interview? And you pray for God. God, this is my job. And you're confessing. 
What's the first thing now when you walk in? Oh, sorry. Sorry, please forgive me. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Am I talking to the right people? Because the way that you leave a relationship is the way that you'll enter into a relationship. So make sure when God says it's time to go and you leave, there'll be peace. Don't just walk out on a relationship. Don't just walk out on a friendship. Because if you do that, you don't believe that the origin of all relationships is from God. God would never just walk out on you. Amen? Amen. So whatever situation you've gone through, God the Father is there to fill that void. The first relationship where we should prosper is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Once that is restored and in place, the rest will fall into place automatically. Sila. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.